Welcome to the Issues of Life podcast with Dr. David Shamenda. Well, like I shared in the podcast eight, now in nine, you know, I just wanted to bring you to faster speed here about Jesus' words. <laughs> I always think uh, about Jesus' words. Jesus' imperative speeches were extensive and wide-ranging. He maintained his superior command level in all situations and before all the people, including the rulers and the Roman emperor. So as a Christian, what I want you to understand is always your words must be exempted to the way how the world speaks. I remember I used to work in the mines. And uh, at the job where I was working, there was a lot of cuss languages. Everybody said some bad languages. And it was very difficult before I went into the full-time ministry and go to the Bible college. And people, they would talk about how they were with their girlfriends, with their prostitutes, how they drank and how they're cheating on their wives. But then I wasn't married. You know, I, I cheated and... Uh, even some of uh, the women, the way how they would speak, how they cheat with their over their husbands and things like that. And, uh, you know, I started saying, God cleansed my mouth and broke my ears that I'll not listen to what they are saying, no matter how the subject might be entertaining. Give me the heart of resilience that the things that uh, I'm going to be responding to, they'll bring glory to your name. And before I realized, I didn't even know at that moment that God had called me. I was just a Christian. Everybody started calling me reverend. This man is a priest. This man is the holy one. So when they're around me, nobody could say a cuss word. Why? Because... I started showing who I was as a servant of God, a man that fears God, and I, I couldn't compromise in the things that they were saying. The relationship of life and the elements of human nature over which Jesus had mastered were significant. His miracles were not the greatest of his beautiful works, but rather a more extraordinary assumption of power to exercise authority over the higher principles and the laws of human nature. So Jesus, when he commanded the blind eyes to see, when Jesus prayed for Lazarus to come from the dead, when Jesus prayed for the crippled to rise and walk, the blind to see, the deaf cancer to be delivered. That was not necessary. What was necessary is the life that carried, the purity, the holiness. When you walk in holiness, everything lines up and the things that come to you and the people that see you, they'll be able to say, indeed, God is able. This person, this man or this woman, the way how he talks, the way how he carries himself, things that he does is more challenging that I cannot say anything. I found out I may be, even today, I may be around where people are smoking or anything, 
And when they're around me, they would say, don't smoke because this man, he lives a life that holy. I don't tell them what I do. Or what I do is to show them who Jesus Christ is in me. In our personal lives, we tend to build walls around our hearts to protect ourselves from being hurt. Like I said on podcast eight, I mentioned about that, you know. But however, these walls, like I said earlier on, they become prisons that isolate us from others. So don't isolate yourself because isolation causes you to be more offended. Now, like the Bible says in the book of Proverbs 18, verse 1, it says that a man who isolates himself seeks his desire. He rages against all wise judgment. He rages against all wise judgment. There is wisdom in the multitude of counsel. Offended Christians tend to be inward-looking and self-protective, guarding their rights and the personal relationship carefully. They become increasing self-seeking and self-contained and the love of God winds in this climate. That means they come to the point whereby nothing is okay anymore. They become completely more offended than they can think of. We must be very careful not to judge God by the standards set by man and the relationship we have experience in these people that have the form of godliness, but they deny the power. There are a lot of th- people that they call themselves Christians, but I call them Mayweather Christians. They will go wherever the wind is blowing to. If they find people that are saying, let's smoke some cigars, they'll smoke some cigars. Let's Let's say some words that are abusive. They'll say those words. Let's, you know, let's do, they'll talk things that are not real reasonable. Now, my Bible tells me that I'm the temple of God. No, you know, I'm the temple of God. You know, who he, who defiles the temple of God, you know, God himself will handle it because I can't destroy where God resides. So every day when I wake up, I'm, I know that inside me is a place where God comes to worship and to be worshipped. Is where he resides. And I'm not going to allow some perverted spirit out there to come and infiltrate the space of purity in me, I'm not going to allow that. Knowledge without the love of God will always lead a human being to deception. We must ensure that we are not deceived by false prophets who infiltrate our lives. Can you imagine in this generation we have more false prophets that have gimmicks and they try to find a way how they can find a person's life and then they'll say, God says, they use the name of God in vain. Whosoever uses the name of God in vain, God will judge. And then they'll say, I need you know, a thousand dollars because God gave me the word to share with you. We must be very careful. There's a lot of false prophets. Some people in their mind know what they think. They prophesy their prophets will scare you. You're going to die. <clears throat> Members of your family will die. 
this one would die. There's just a lot of bitterness and hate. Therefore, we must strive to live in unconditional love, even, even if it means risking being hit. This is because unconditional love gives others the right to hit us. <laughs> now, I want to repeat this in the case you think I've said something. I said unconditional love gives others the right to hate us. They hate us, but what they have done, is, it has not affected me. What they have said, it has not affected me. And when they hit us is the time when we show them who Jesus Christ is. And that's when we declare who we are as the children of God. And then we create the image that is godly. I think God, I know, not I think, I know God is looking for men and women. Are you one of them? If you're one of them, start thanking God for the people that offended you. And say, no matter what they have done to me, it means nothing. The words that they spoke behind my back. You know, as a pastor, I've been gossiped a lot. You know, people who find fault in me for nothing or for things that I've never done. As a president of a university, I was talked about a lot. People who wanted my position when I didn't do nothing. But I found out that all that means nothing. I kept on loving. <laughs> and I've seen the more I love them. And the more I don't return evil for evil, I've seen God fight the battle. Now, I understand why the Bible says, Touch not the anointed one of God. For vengeance is God. God knows how to protect you. Don't let offense take over your life. As a result, we become a life-giving stream, not a stagnant pool. And we break down the strongholds that keep us trapped in the spirit of criticism and offense. If we have set an expectation about spe specific people, those people or persons can let us down. They will disappoint us to a degree, to the degree that they fall short of our expectation. The only expectation that I have is in, from God. If something is not coming from God, I know a person can change within a twinkling of an eye and everything can just, just turn around and completely look different. If we have no expectation, then we are sowing the love of God by faith. Just, yes, you offended me, but I choose to love them. I'm going to be more patient because God inside me is completely patient. And I'm going to do what is right. Faith always rips the reward, rips the reward because there's no string attached. You know, uh, I've said in, in most of my podcasts, about Proverbs 18 verse 19. That's my favorite scripture. A brother offended is hard to win, harder to win than a strong city. And the contentions are like the bars of a castle. You know, I like that scripture. You know, I, I always, when I see a, an offended brother, that's what I pray. I said, God, I know this brother is harder to win, or this sister is harder to win, or this gentleman, this old man, this old lady, this young lady is harder to win. What can we do? 
These cities of old had all walls around them that kept and welcomed inhabitants and invaders out. These walls were sit cities assurance of protection. Those who owed taxes were not allowed in until they paid the taxes owed. We build the walls around our hearts for the same reason. <laughs> we want to prevent any further wounds. We become selective, denying entry to all who we fear will hurt us. We filter out anyone we think owes us something. Withhold access until they pay the price of entry. We open our lives only to those we believe are on our side. Come on, start loving those people that you think they're not even on your side. You know what I do in the neighborhood that I live? I don't know everybody there. But everybody that I see, I pray for them. Uh, I remember one time, you know, I was uh, living in Mafasbal. And... Uh, I saw a homeless man in the street. And when I saw a homeless man in the street, you know, I said, God, this homeless man here, he's panhandling. He can have thousands and thousands of dollars, but he's going to use them for drugs. And that's not the spirit of offense. I started judging this man. Now, I was driving when I was living in Nashville, Tennessee, Murfreesboro, there's a road, 96 goes to Franklin, and the 96 comes downtown Murfreesboro. So as I was driving, and I said, I'm not going to give him a dime or a nickel. I said, I'm just going to look at him. I said, he's a panhandler. I spoke all kinds of bad things in my heart. Nobody was hearing me, but you know how in your heart you begin to say things that are not are not holy and relevant and are not where if a person hears you would say, but why are you talking about me like that? And as I stopped, I heard the voice of God, but why are you doing this? And at that moment, the only thing that I had in my pocket was $50. And I made a U-turn. There's a place which is called the Mall. I made a U-turn over there. And, uh, you know, the roads were like two lanes on the other side, two lanes on the other side. I made a U-turn. And I went to this man. I said, sir, I'm a man of God. And I give this money to you not to go and use it for drugs. I save God. Now, if you hear what I said, I said, sir, I'm a man of God. That was self-righteous there. I was trying to show myself who I was instead of giving him the money the way how God told me. So I said, I'm a man of God. And uh, I lowered the my window for the car just a little bit and I handed him over, you know, $50. And he held my hand. And he says, today... You have passed the test. He left another $50, and he never took my $50. And all of a sudden, my whole body felt numb. I said, what have just happened? And I, for some few minutes, I pulled on the side. I just broke down and started crying and repenting that my ways has judged this man. Why did I judge? And when I stopped crying, I looked around. There was no car that came. 
I didn't see this man where he went. I looked to see where he was, what he was doing. I was so amazed and I just started repenting. I don't know what happened, where he went, what he did. But there was no car. If there was another car, I would have said maybe that what happened. But what I knew, when I went to see this man, I had $50. When I came from this man, I had another $50. I was $100 richer than I had a yard. And I couldn't touch that money. Sunday came, I had to put it in an offering. And I said, God, I'm planting a seed in the house of God. Whatever, forgive me for the spirit of offense. The spirit of offense comes in so many formulas, in so many ways where we judge people, we think about them. Now, here's something that I want to say about offending and being offended. You know, the walls that we build when we are offended, they are literally dangerous. We isolate ourselves several times because of that fear. We just live in that level whereby we just say, God, I don't care what is going on. You know, I'm a follower of Jesus, but these people, you know, they hate me. And I don't care what they do to me. Then our friends started spreading to people whom we don't know. Like what I did uh, to the person that I met in the streets. I didn't know him. He didn't ask me for money. But I started speaking things because the issue was with me. Sometimes when we have issues in our lives, we get to the point whereby we say things. How many times? This is one of the things that I want you to pose and the knots in your own heart. How many times you have been walking in the streets and you begin to judge a person? The way how they walk, the way how they look, the way how they do. We live in the time whereby racism is real rampant. You know, people, they don't like you because you're a black man or black woman. People, they don't like you because you're a white person or you're a white woman or white man. There is just that division where color of skin, people, they don't like you because you're Asian or anything. And those things are there. You know what causes that spirit of division and racism? is because of the spirit of offense, not knowing that the color of our skin is just God. I always say, God, he has a sense of humor. Look at the fall now. This is November. But if you drive around, you like, you see the flowers, the trees, how they have changed. God enjoys to see the black, the white, the Indian, the Chinese, everyone, and without judging each other. Now, the enemy has given us the spirit of judgment whereby we think, because of the way how I look, because of my education, I'm so educated, I have a, a PhD, and anyone who doesn't have a PhD is beneath me, and he means nothing. But I want to let you know, I want you to listen to Podcast 10. I'll be speaking an eye-opening message on the spirit of offense and it will change your life. I love you and I want God to help you. Shalom, shalom.
Thank you for listening to the Issues of Life podcast with Dr. David Shamenda. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when new episodes are released.